This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. Yes, we're back. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. I am Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 6th, episode 2782. Good morning, horse people. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. Well, the war continues in the horse world. Did you know there was a war going on in the horse world? There's probably many. I mean, I feel like there's always some sort of war <laughs> going on in the horse world. I think the biggest money war going on in the horse world right now is with the World Equestrian Center in Ocala, Florida. So uh, most of you who listen to the show for a long time knows that uh, pretty much the World Equestrian Center was announced on our show by Robbie Roberts, what, about four years ago. Right. We had him on, and he's the guy who built it and spent his billion dollars on the World Equestrian Center in Ocala. And pretty much ever since it was opened, they've been in a war with the USEF to get dates for— Which he knew was going to happen. Not to this extent, I don't think he did. <laughs> uh, he knew it was going to happen, but I don't think he thought that he would be rejected for every sport out there. So what happened last year, we've covered it on this show, is that the winter dates for hunter-jumper shows were were declined uh, because of mileage rules being too close to hits and all the politics that goes along with that. So that was one thing. Well, he went and bought the Ocala Jockey Club. And Jamie, what happens at the o- uh, Ocala Jockey Club? Um, horse races. Event. And sales. No nope. venting. Venting. The four star event happened here every fall. So he went and bought it when it went up for sale so it wouldn't get turned into housing and that he could continue it as a horse property and run events there. Well, it was just announced yesterday that the World Equestrian Center in Florida had applications for national and international dressage and eventing competitions in 2022 rejected by the United States Equestrian Federation. No and way. Everything he applied for got rejected. You know, they're not hurting anybody but the people who want to participate in these things. Exactly. It's it's hurting the members. The, the And we're not talking—forget the 1% that competes at the top level. Forget them. 99% compete at the middle to lower levels, right, in all of these sports. And we're, we're punishing them. And this has everything to do with Wellington. This has yeah. everything to do with Wellington, uh, you know, but Wellington doesn't do events. So I don't even get that. Uh, I don't know where the dressage thing comes from. There's no dressage competitions in Ocala. So now they can't complain. They can't say that it's a mileage thing. It's four hour drive between here and Wellington. So there's nothing yeah. in the winter here. It's basically a pissing match between these two and, and whoever is backing the USEF with lots of money. 
And I just said backing. You notice I just said that. I didn't say anything else. I just said backing. There's something going on that we're not seeing here. Now, Piper over on the Plaidcast has covered this extensively. She's going to get to the bottom of this. She's a sleuth. <laughs> I just talked to her this, this morning on Facebook, and uh, she didn't really t- say much. So that means she's up to something. So I can't wait to see what she's up to next. This is ridiculous. You know, I posted this in the auditor room this morning, and the, there's a lot of comments. And basically the comments are, this is just hurting me as the average person who wants to compete. You know, it's just hurting me. Yeah. And now they're going to have shows there because the Western world is descending on it in force. You know, they're going to have shows there. They're going to have all kinds of their dog competitions. They built a place to have everything. Uh, high school volleyball tor- tournaments are coming in there. So, I mean, he's going to do a little bit of everything and he's not going to lose money. He's going to make money on it. It's just this, this pissing match between the two of them is incredible. That's amazing. I don't, I, I mean, don't get it. Uh, again, it doesn't help our sport. It just doesn't help. You know, we have enough challenges in in the horse world right now uh, with everything that's going on. And if you pay any attention to the news, you see the hundred things that are going on that we don't talk about here in the show because they're all negative. And then we've got this. (laughs) It's like... That's crazy. uh, Billionaires fighting is basically what it comes down to. (sighs) I need to take a deep breath. I mean, come on. We still haven't done daily winnies. We haven't... You just jumped right right, into the anger. Hold it. I I have a cleanser before the show. Because okay. I need a cleanser right now. This was posted on Facebook and uh, Instagram, I believe. And it's a little girl who is going on a cross-country ride. And this is what she, how she talks to her horse the whole time. This will this cleanse... This helmet cam, yeah. Yeah, this will cleanse anybody's soul. Take a listen. This one, I know it's a pheasant feeder, so it looks a bit weird. But it's actually really, really easy. Just, like, pop over it. It's no props. Oh, what a good pony. Yes, very nice. <laughs> it's very good. See, it's a piece of cake, Far, No problems. Oh, fun through the woods, huh? Isn't this fun, huh? Yeah, oh, keep going. Oh, what a good pony. Yes, see, these are pieces of cake. This is kind of like a ship, huh? Oh, we're in the submarine. <laughs> I don't want to be in a submarine. <laughs> It's too, too deep for me. <laughs> good girl, good girl. Oh, this is like a rampy roll toppy thing. No probs here. Good girl. Oh, you like the water. This one's fun. Oh, and then we get to do a ditch, your favorite. <laughs> yeah, let's go through the water. Get a nice, cooled off. Yeah. <laughs> Splashing me, Flo. <laughs> Do you love that kid or what? How precious <laughs> is she? That's a real thing. Like that was a real helmet yep. kid because I've heard about it, but I haven't actually seen it. And it's a little black pony, and uh, little black pony never even fault faltered at anything. Just a trooper. It's just crazy how how cute she is. I don't want to oh. go in a submarine. <laughs> I so, you, sometimes you just gotta keep talking. Just keep talking. I love how she also uh, made herself laugh. <laughs> I love, yeah. I love <laughs> so, that. That'll cleanse your soul right there. So anytime we're having one of those days we're ranting about something, we'll just play that. And it'll just take yeah, us back. Just play that. Our Black Reigns guest today is Noelle King, founder and president of Judge My Ride and Style My Ride. The Purina Equine Senior Health segment is from Australia, and it's how they're using fungus 
to control internal parasites. And some other weird news. I mean, that's kind of weird in itself, but uh, there's, yeah, right? other, there's other weird news too. Plus, we're going to have an uh, auditor post show for the auditors, and we're basically doing the question first world problems we didn't get to on Monday. So maybe the adult version of those. So, we have a lot of birthdays. Let me take a deep breath. Uh, Well, first, before we get started, I got called in the carpet again. Yes, you're a failure. Apparently, I missed Casey Burgers, and she insists I miss it every year, which probably means she doesn't have her birthday on Facebook. I don't know. Uh, But Casey, happy birthday. I apologize for missing you every year, apparently, since we started. So, (laughs) um, let's not miss these. Linda Kropp. It doesn't uh, mean we love you less. It means you're special, because then you get to call them out, and you get this special attention... Every year, apparently. Every year. (laughs) And then we don't want to miss these people because I'll get called out again. Linda Kropp, Linda Alvey, Lorraine Peachy, Lorna Bannon, Felicia Pandorf, Starbright Cinema, Jess Seaver, Elizabeth Fry, and Mandy Flanders. Happy birthday to all of you. And I do apologize to all of you that he mispronounced. I think I got pretty good today, actually. Uh, There were easy ones. New auditors. We've had some new auditors since we spoke last, too. Deborah Pepin and Stephanie Feek. We welcome both of you. If you aren't on the auditor page, search for HRN Auditors and ask to join. Also, two people raised their pledges, Hannah Reeves and Joy Dorsch. Thank you for doing that. We appreciate it. All right, I need you to go to the auditor list because I don't, I can't read his last name. And it's an auditor named Thomas, and he's from Michigan. And Thomas, oh my gosh, he sent me a package. I get this box in the mail, and it's from a UPS store in Michigan. You know, so I open it up, and there are three letters one for me, one for Lucas, and one for Chad. And there are three different things for each one of us in the family. And so, uh, Thomas was kind of get, talk to me a little bit about his horses. He wrote, he hand wrote me a three page letter, Glenn hand wrote on paper with a pen, a, pe- a letter and went through and told me about his horses and his wife and some things they're doing and sent me, um, I guess he had done some, a clinic and has a zip drive of it. And so I sent me the zip drive. I haven't been able to watch it yet. Cause I just got all these things last night. Anyway, he sent me a present. He sent, uh, what, what is awesome is he sent Chad a bunch of recipes. So Chad better get cooking. <laughs> no, I'm, I do all that around here. So he needs to, I was like a, like a nudge, nudge. Wait, isn't you know? it amazing how we always assume that, you horsewomen don't cook? Yeah. No, yeah. I do cook. I am the cook in the house. Like, like if you want breakfast at any time of day, that Chad's your guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do all the good. So, but he sent me some, like, Michigan beans and some really nice things. But what he sent my son, it might be the coolest thing. And I'm not going to read the letter because it, it gets a little personal. But basically... He asked Lucas to be the caretaker of an artifact from an F-16 fighter jet. And he sends, hey, Chad, what's that thing on the F-16 called? (laughs) An AOA vein? 
angle of attack vein, AOA vein. I mean, duh, how did I not know that? So it's this triangular shaped thing, which it, it looks like, and he's, it's a piece of an F-16. And Chad's like, how did he get a piece of an F-16 without being involved in a crash? Well, he sent a piece of paper that was the write-up of the this accident that crashed that happened in a field in Michigan. And so basically Chad's reading it and translating it to me that there was a pilot who was flying and it had engine failure and he kept restarting, kept restarting, kept restarting is up in the air. But when they are, have to bring a, a plane down, is this interesting to you, Glenn? Cause it was fascinating. Yes. And we met Thomas when we were in Michigan, he came down, oh. to, he drove two hours to meet us. Yeah. That guy, he's awesome. Okay. So apparently the F-16 was losing its engine, losing its engine, got restarted, couldn't keep started. And the pilot realizes he's got to take the, sh- the, the plane down. So what they do is they try to find a field, you know? And so apparently uh, this pilot found a farm field and ejected out of the aircraft safely. The plane crashed in a farm field. And I guess there's pieces of this airplane. The 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 report goes on to say that a local farmer did take him to the fire department <laughs> to like deliver him back to <laughs> society. I guess the real world. Pretty rural but up there in Michigan. <laughs> what I want to know is did Thomas actually find this piece of an F-16 himself or did it give it a hit? Anyway, he said that it was a, as a family artita- artifact and he doesn't have kids. And so he wanted to pass it on to a, to a child that would uh, appreciate the treasure. And let me tell you something. It is completely appreciated Thomas. And then he also sent me a notebook said Lucas notebook to write stories about himself and then write stories about his parents and write everything down. And he started writing in his journal last night, Thomas, like he was serious. And I, <laughs> I took a picture of the page one. So I would like to post page one on our Facebook page. Thomas is a later. super nice guy. That's neat that they did that. That's very oh cool. Gosh, we have the coolest listeners. So touching, really, really kind. And, and I really appreciate it. And there you Very go. cool. That's- very cool. Well, we have, uh, uh, before we get to our first guest here in the health segment, we have two things we want to do for you. One is uh, we had a listener, an auditor, ask a question this morning that is right up your alley. She basically is looking at buying a five-year-old thoroughbred, uh, was retired about three weeks ago, and she wanted to know because she was told that the thoroughbred had been pin-fired. Uh, had the legs pin fired, and she said, "Should I buy a horse like that? Do you look at horses that have been pin fired, or are they totally off the off the the scope of things, or should I not even look at them?" So, what's your what's your? You've seen a hundred horses, I'm sure you've had pin fired. Oh my gosh, you know. So, so, one of the horses here, Dave, has been pin fired, and what pin firing looks like to the person on the outside is it looks like a bunch of white dots and it's basically they burn the skin and what it's supposed to do is to create an inflammatory response for blood to come to that area and for blood flow to happen now so dave who's here is pin fired on the back of one of his hawks and so when my vet was out i said what is that why because to be completely honest with you i don't get it i don't get it it doesn't make any sense to me it doesn't seem like it would do anything but tarnish the like like affect resale value. Like I know they've been doing it for years out. and years, and, and years it is and years so archaic. Yeah. It is a very archaic. Used to not like this one. It looks like they do at least cold freezing now, but before it was literally firing. You know, I mean, that was 
was really bad. It's been going on in the racetrack uh, world for years. And so when my vet was here, I said, what is that? What is, like, why would they have done that on the back of his right hawk? And she said, you know, she explained that they basically burn it to create a response and to get blood flow of the area and all this. And I'm like, why don't you like, I don't know, massage it, you know, do something to, to create a different, a better response of blood flow. Anyway, I said, so why on the back of the hawk there? Is that for hawk pain? She said, you know, honestly, it's probably a branch of the suspensory that was messed up and to improve the blood flow to the top of that suspensory branch, they pin fired it. And she's like, you know, what you would need to do is to ultrasound it or take an x-ray. And that's the only way you're going to know what is actually going on underneath the location of the pin firing. They'll pin fire a lot of racehorses in the front, uh, can of bones because what happens is a lot of times they get, in essence, shin splints, buck shins. And so they get a lot of compression on the front of their can of bones. So they'll pin that's fire. That's where I've seen area. it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the most common. And so they do that to increase blood flow to the front of the horses. Like, I don't know, maybe rest them. Maybe give them a break. Maybe don't run them at two, but you know what? <clears throat> Carrying on. <laughs> Where's that girl again? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, so yes, I, I, you know, to be completely honest, Glenn, you know what we're going to do? Write this down. Right. Send an email to your wife who books all the guests on the show. I want to talk about pin firing. I want to talk to a pin firing I expert. think Dr. Jones would probably be honestly answer that. We now, I know that own. doesn't help you, Jessica, make a decision right now, but just know well, that. Maybe uh, the x-rays or the, the ultrasound would be yeah. the advice. There. Just depending on where the location is. I'm trying to think of she front legs were pin fired after her two-year-old. So, yeah, probably those front legs. You know, to be honest, I don't think that, you know, if the x-rays came out clean, I don't think that it would be a problem for what do you want to do? I mean, do? there's lots of horses I mean, that have been pin fired, went on to do great things. So if you I want mean, to yeah. fox hunt with yeah. it and the x-rays look good, psh, you'll be fine. If you're wanting to resale as a, you know, A-rated hunter, they probably would frown upon pin firing. Because you know. can actually you, see it. I mean, you can see the yeah, marks. It's, yeah. it's, they're white dots. Yeah, they're white dots, they're, yeah. They're like all in a line. <laughs> it's a very strange thing. If you're listening to us and you're like, what is pin firing on a horse? Google it and yeah. you'll see a lot of pictures. Of you can Google that when you won't get gross bugs coming out of the skin. So yeah, be very safe. specific. Pin firing <laughs> a horse's leg. Yeah. Write that down. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's something that definitely, you know, it confuses me because I don't, just don't see what the need is, but I have had a lot of horses that are pin fired come through here. So somebody still does it. And whoever that, idiot is we need to stop anyway um there's probably one guy <laughs> that travels around the country he's the pin fight he's like the only person left who does it um but yeah so i would say you know just check what's underneath the pin firing and if it looks good then you know move on if it's you know it's not going to affect the resale value of a fox hunter because what affects the resale value of him is whether he killed everybody or not uh, <laughs> did he jump the things did he keep up with everybody and he's good. You're fine. All right, let's cleanse. We need something funny on today's show because we haven't had anything funny. Are you ready? Take a deep breath. 
get a drink, because I'm going to make you do a dramatic reading. There was something that was... Yes, I've been... This has been requested on my private messages on Facebook about a hundred times. Listeners want to hear you do a dramatic reading. And it was a post that Linda did on the Auditor Room, and she says, it's not my story. She reposted it, but it's hilarious. And then uh, we'll... I can elaborate a little bit on what they're talking about in the story. It's down under the news section if you scroll down, and it starts with "What a good unicorn!" So, and they want—I think you're reading this. It's Florida. Let's assume they have a southern accent because I think that would be great for this. Okay, so this is something that somebody posted that Linda shared with you and asked me to read in yes. a southern accent. Yes, <clears throat> and you've had more than one person. Oh yes, because it's request. hilarious, it's, and it's a true story. <laughs> Okay, I have not read this, so I'm just going to read it as it comes to me. Okay. I have to cleanse. It's occurred to me that I have neglected to share a story from a few weeks ago. It's funny now, not so funny at the time. Whilst riding my 3.5-year-old unicorn stud colt on his ninth ride ever, Alone out in the woods, a banana spider flopped onto his ears and then sprinted down his neck towards my crotch. (laughs) I immediately flung myself to the right with every ounce of my weight in the stirrup and violently flapped my reins to try to fend off this giant crotch crab. (laughs) But I ride treeless, so the saddle (laughs) suddenly slipped halfway over his back. The next few seconds were spent trying to scramble up the side of a horse and center my butt on rolled over saddle fenders, all while screaming, not touching my colt's mane because that was now property of Her Majesty Queen of the Arachnids. (laughs) After only a second or two of struggling and the spider still scurrying towards my groin, I decided that my only option was to throw away the whole horse. Of course, he outweighs me, so the only rational option was to throw myself off the four-wheeler, four-wheel spider mobile. I forgot, though, that I ride in an air vest. <laughs> so, about, <laughs> so about midway on my refugee flight over Denmark from Florida, that cord popped, and the sudden inflation of the vest made me remember that I hadn't resized the vest since I had a double mastectomy oh, and got implants. No, no. Four times bigger than my natural mosquito bites. <laughs> oh, my God. I can now vouch for both the structural integrity of my implants and my surgeon's ability to tie sutures that can hoist the HMS Titanic from its muddy grave. <laughs> I did not see it going there. Okay. I did not see that. But in the commotion of screaming, flailing, slipping, and then flinging myself off the horse, the spider suddenly disappeared. As soon as my feet touched the ground, I ignored my terrorized colt, my mashed potato boobies, and my possibly crushed ribs. The bare priority was making sure the spider was not on me. <laughs> After pulling... That's her problem. <laughs> After pulling out a wad of suspiciously, suspiciously ticklish hair and beating myself about the head and shoulders and verifying that that tree tarantula was not climbing in my boots to lay eggs in my bunghole, I was able to relax and reevaluate the situation. 
I had managed not to throw my reins away during the flailing contortion show I put on. Still attached to the end of my reins was my very confused and very, very worried stud colt. The saddle was slipped halfway around his barrel, and he was starting to sniff my emergency inflatable boob-crushing device, which reminded me of the searing hot pain along my incision lines. I decided to try and take off the vest before I dropped an implant on the ground like a slippery mango. My poor horse was fine with the vest on, but when I took it off and I set it on the ground, still inflated, he thought it looked like a giant ground spider. We just established that death was better than being near spiders. And he started backing up and I clamped a death grip on the reins because it was five miles from home. And if he was going to hightail, the least he could do is drag my body back because I was not walking back. But he quickly settled down and proved he was a better person than me by not abandoning his partner because of sudden spider invasion. He even came up to sniff the now hissing ground spider vest as it leaked air. Eventually, after fixing the saddle and verifying that no spiders remained anywhere near or on us, I remounted and rode the rest of the way home without blinking my hawk eyes as I scanned every low-hanging limb for more tree terrors. If you're not familiar with Florida tree tarantulas, I've included a photo. This is a normal size for an adult banana spider in the late summer. They're all this big. You'd throw yourself off a moving unicorn too. Bless my very saintly stud cult for being the sensible one of the two of us. <laughs> very well read. Well done. Wow. Well read and well written, I might <laughs> I mean, that took a turn. I didn't see that. I thought it was just about a spider. I did not realize that we were going to talk about boobs being squished in an air vest. We'll Let's be honest, on. after the beginning of the show, we needed this today. <laughs> oh, my God. So how big is that spider? Oh, those spiders I, I get huge. And this time of year is spider season. So we have spider season. You cannot walk from here to the barn without hitting spider webs. And the the banana spiders are yellow, just like it sounds. And they get to be about half the size of your palm. Um, so if and they they uh, they weave these very elaborate webs that can go ten feet between trees. So I don't know how they do it. We were just discussing this the other night. I don't know how they get from one tree to the other to start the web, and then they make these huge webs. So when you go through one, the other problem with banana spider webs is they're sticky. They're okay, very. This is sticky. the orb spider here in Oklahoma. It sounds exactly the same. Oh, and I, it makes me wonder. Yeah, it's like. From one tree that's 10 feet away I, from another I don't tree. Get and it. do they just go, kamikaze, go! Yeah. <laughs> like a like bungee cord? I don't know. Jump? That must, must be how they do it. How on earth do they do it? Are they like fly? I just, I don't get it. How do you get across back and forth? <laughs> I don't know, but some of these webs are elaborate and you do not want to be. That's the reason that everybody kind of shows up late for trail rides this time of year in the forest is because there's a thousand webs. So you don't want to be the first guy going through. <laughs> you want to be, be the last guy going through. You want to know a little <laughs> bit about how I handle trail riding here in the woods. Yeah. Farm boy. Oh, you send farm boy first? Farm boy Because <laughs> he's tall. He'll get all of them. He's tall. And I like I, this past weekend, I went on a trail ride and I said, farm boy, you're first. I don't call him that to his face. I just call him that on the air. Farm boy's first. <laughs> and then next is going to be uh, my friend Larissa. And I was like, and I'll go last on my 15 hand Mustang being 5'3". Are you Five. telling me he hasn't quit yet? He's still coming. <laughs> I don't wrong? know why. What's wrong with him? 
I don't know. Does he know he can quit? I mean, it's not for, he's not getting college credit for this. He's not getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) He just comes out. Anybody that puts up with you that's not getting paid, uh, that's just a miracle. I know. And then he actually asked for some extra work. He asked Chad, he was like, he's like, yeah, I need some money for my truck. Do you have anything to do around here? And Chad was like, what's your arrangement with James? I was like, he don't get paid. I don't pay him. You hush. <laughs> God, I hope he doesn't find out about this show. All our fun will be ruined. I uh, you know. I don't. You know, it's so weird to to have a conversation and not mention. Oh, on the show, I'll just say I was telling my friend about this thing <laughs> and I'm trying. One day he's going to come by and be like, "Farm boy, huh? Really? Okay. Does he but have a right sense now, of humor? I hope." You know, I don't know. I mean, he has to if he's around me for this long, but like, he's so quiet and, you know, gentlemanly Texas that I don't know if he, I don't know. I think he's all right. It'll be all right. I mean, he keeps coming back. So, and I'm still me. Like, I'm me all the time. This is me. (laughs) By the way, I will vouch for that. She is her all the time. This is not made up for the show. It's pretty much just the way it is. Like I tell people who know me, I'm like, don't listen to the show. It's too much me. Nobody (laughs) needs that much me except for me. And my, I I get tired of me. So (laughs) you know what everybody should be thinking about though, Jamie? Uh, They should be thinking about new winter blankets because, you know, your horse has destroyed the ones from last year. I mean, they're gone. They're just, they have holes in them. You've been saying for five years now, as every hole develops, I'm going to replace that next year at the beginning of the year. I'm going to do it at the beginning of the year. I'm not going to wait till February. And then you don't. February comes around, there's three more holes, and pretty much your horse doesn't even have a blanket anymore. So now that I've made you feel really guilty, I want you to head over to statelinetech.com because on the homepage there, click on the Weatherbeater banner and all the new Weatherbeta blankets are out. So you will find them over new there. Blanket for Dave. Oh. Dave is awful huge. Like, he's ginormous. Well, let me see. So He'd probably be an 86 then, huh? 84, 86. And yeah. I only like the ones with the 9X. So do they have any of those? Yes, Weatherbeta has those. They have a really cool patterns this year, too. They have some Southwest patterns. Weatherbeta always tries to come out with new colors and patterns every year. So they have some Southwest Wait, patterns. Cotton picking second. Let me stop you. Yes. The Weather Beta, Comfitech, Combo Neck, Medium, and the thing that I buy, I've paid $120 every year for these, and they're on sale for $94. Oh, Laura Von Blankets. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. My favorite thing. Uh, oh, they go to $87. You're in luck. <gasps> You're in luck. And you get a choice of Navy Silver Red or Navy Silver Red. Um, I, I, you know, I was hoping to get Navy Silver Red. Perfect. There it is. 94 <laughs> bucks and size 87. And you got the monster fixed right there. Oh, my gosh. Oh my God. Get your blankets now, though. All the weather beta ones out. Now, I will say that we are, I have been reading on, and I'm, the reason I'm bringing this up is don't wait to buy your stuff this year. If you need winter stuff, buy it now because there still are. Very serious delays in getting stuff in from China and overseas. I don't know if you've seen that there's about 100 cargo ships sitting off of the ports in in, uh, L.A. And I have seen on the retailer's page on Facebook, I'm I'm a member of that, they've all been complaining that their shipments aren't coming in. So if you see something in stock that you want, I don't care what it is, Christmas presents, buy them early. Um, Electronics are going to be tough this year. Some horse stuff is tough to get. So definitely head on over to statelinetech.com and shop today. Don't put it off is what I'm telling you for this winter because those supply chain problems haven't slowed down. 
I got to get more than just one. It's like, it's free. It's like $50 (laughs) off. Okay. Not you, whatever. They must have. And then you get 25% off or 30% off orders over 129. I got to buy two. And the, uh, (laughs) there's three pages of new Weatherby blankets. They keep adding to their lineup every year. Good company. I, we have Weatherby blankets. We've used them for years. Ever since we were one of the first retailers when we had our tax shop way back twenty years ago, when Weatherby came to the United States for the first time, we were at the trade show there. We bought the blankets, and we were one of the first ones to sell it. So you buy two or more. Each I'm very one familiar with Weatherby. <laughs> StatelineTech.com. All right. This health segment is brought to you by Purina Equine Senior. Well, I tracked down this lovely gentleman after a press release came across my Facebook feed, and it's Chris Lawler from International Health Products, and he is down under, so thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your early morning to discuss with me something called Bioworma. In a nutshell, what does Bioworma do, and why do horse people care? Okay, so Bioworma is its a natural product. It's based on studying Tony flagrance, which is a spore that was isolated from pasture. And uh, when you feed it to a grazing animal, like a horse, um, it has no effect at all on the horse itself, but it consumes the um, uh, nematodes in the manure. So nematodes are the, the worms or the, the larvae of the worms in the larva of the grazing animal. So one of the issues you have with, with horses, because they eat grass, when they also eat grass, they pick up larva, and the larva then becomes um, an infestation within their gut. Now, the first thing I thought of when I saw this is, what human being first had this moment that said, oh, hey, let's see if we can't find a fungus that'll get rid of these worms? What, who <laughs> thinks of that? Well, there's some very, very clever people at CSIRO. There's about 5,000 people that work for CSIRO in Australia. Um, And, I mean, somebody decided that uh, we had to get away from chemicals. Uh, What was the alternative? They knew that these um, spores and fungi were on pasture, um, but it was a long process of working out that they actually could do something that was useful raising animal, in this case a horse. Like a horse. So... You have this fungi that you have, through years and years of research, figured out that you can feed it to a grazing animal, a horse, a cow, a dog, an alpaca, a goat. And the manure that is deposited in the pasture by that grazing animal is not going to develop viable parasite larvae that are going to reinfect our animal. Is that kind of it in a nutshell? It's, it's, sort of, it's sort of right. So basically what happened is the, the contamination point, the point where the animals get in, uh, infected by larvae is pasture. So when we worm an animal, we remove the worms from the gut of the animal, but we, that doesn't have any impact on what's going on on the pasture. So now we have a product that works um, with uh, not directly on the pasture but within the manure. So when, what we're doing is... The, the fungus actually consumes by um, lassoing them and, and literally eating them in the, in the manure. So they don't get the opportunity to get back on the pasture. So we're creating that, that break in infection. So as a horse owner, I'm going to, I have four horses in my eight-acre field, and I'm yep. going to feed my horses bioworma. And typically, I would go out there and clean up those piles of manure 
once a week and put them in my manure heap, which is then carried away by the commercial manure removal company. Is it no longer required that I don't need to bother doing that because it can no longer create a parasite risk? Because what I'm thinking of is it works a little, does it work like the, excuse me, the little wasp parasites that we use here, that the little wasp lays its egg inside the larva. If there's no manure, then the wasps can't do their job. If there's no manure in your field, it's the the fungus is only in the manure. So it doesn't matter if you keep cleaning your manure out of your field. It's not going to keep it from working. Well, in theory and time, and we we really don't know the answer, um, but in theory, in time, yes, if you got a hundred percent of the manure, and it was it was it had been um, the, the fungus had done its job and 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 consumed the parasites within the within the manure, and you'd removed it all from it. In theory, yes, you'll let, one you'll end up with um, less manure on pasture. Uh, two, you'll end up with less parasites on pasture. And three, you'll reduce the amount of chemical usage because you won't need to worm anywhere near as often. Now, is this fungus particular about what kind of internal parasites it gets rid of? Because I know with dewormers, when we give our horse a dewormer, each dewormer chemical class will kill different species of worms at different rates. Is the, is the fungus particular in any way or is it just in general nematodes? Well, the, 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 the fungus won't have any effect at all on tapeworm. But um, again, a lot of the chemicals um, have developed resistance or multi-resistance. And this is the reason why, I mean, I'm not 100% sure in the US, but it, definitely in Australia, we have multiple chemicals in, in each product. I know in, in, in a number of situations in the US, you have, you have a single active, but we generally have at least two actives, in some cases, three actives. So it's the combination of more than one active that, that, that works. So if, for example, you use ivermectin, um, a lot of the products we have here will also have praziquantel. So praziquantel works on the tapeworm. Um, the ivermectin works on the, the other, bro- it's a broad spectrum wormer. Mm-hmm. The only exception to that class or that group of chemicals is what they call ascarids. So ascarids or... Um, you re- you can't you can't rely on ivermectin. It just doesn't work on ascarids. Nor does um, abamectin, um, and there there are other mectins in those classes um, as well. It's, it's, um, that simply it has no effect at all with with ascarids. So then you've got to go to a, a BZ uh, like um, oxfendazole or fenbendazole to have any effect on ascarids. Or marantol is another one. Mm-hmm. So this this product was really developed with the idea that it's going to be an adjunct to thoughtful deworming procedures to help yeah, bridge that gap between the effectiveness of the dewormer and the developing resistance? Yes. Well, the, the resistance is already there. It's past the development stage. Um, the, the, the Really, the only thing we can do on a resistance level is slow it down. But the one thing I would say very clear, clearly to your list, listeners is to um, to incorporate faecal egg counts. So in other words, do a faecal egg count, work out does my horse need worming. Now, if it has less than two, say 300 eggs per gram, I wouldn't be worming that horse. 
And if I had, as you've just stated, you've got four horses on eight acres, I would do fecal egg counts on those four horses and work out which ones, if any, have actually got worms. And then if you don't need the worm, then don't worm. And if you can worm every three months or every six months, and certainly in older horses, older horses may only need worming once a year. It's young horses that have the problem. Those animals, say, between three months of age and two years, mm -hmm. they're the ones that are developing immunity. And this is the other issue that's really important, is that we allow these animals to develop immunity mm -hmm. because they need time. This concept of, of eliminating every worm every time, which has been um, some companies are out there making these sort of statements, is completely and utterly wrong. If we get rid of 90% of the worms and that young, that foal or that weanling or that yearling can develop its own immunity and handle the other 10%, it's going to get stronger. And that's really the, the, whole, the whole idea of doing it. So we don't want to rely on chemicals. What we want to do is allow the animal to, to live with um, worms, but also to, and where we need to um, intervene, we can. Right, right. So does the fungi that is in the biowormer, whose yep. name I don't know how to pronounce properly, can you say it again, please? Duddingtonia flagrance. Those guys. Yep. Is that something that is active regardless of the weather, or is it something that is only active when the weather is in certain temperature ranges? Really has not a lot to do with the weather. The only influence the weather has is once you get down to, say, 40 degrees Fahrenheit, below that level, the um, worms become less active, and because the worms are less active, so is the fungi. So basically, as long as it's warm above 40 degrees Fahrenheit and above, and you've got, um, basically, if you can see the grass growing, so during spring, for example, uh, summer months and autumn, where you can see rapid growth because you've got enough rainfall, etc., uh, you've got enough humidity, etc., then that's the time when there'll be the most worm activity. So it would make sense that if you live in the northern parts of the United States where you have frost and frozen ground for 60 or 90 days straight, it wouldn't make any sense to actually use it because the no. temperatures are going to be way we below where those. But that, okay, it would maybe, that makes perfect sense then. So it's going to be a seasonal thing for some people in the United yes. States because we have such varied weather patterns here. Yep. So, so the southern parts of the US, which are longer and hotter and, and closer to the equator, you're going to have more worm activity than you right. are in the northern part of the, the US. Yeah, the, the southern part of the United States, all, all, all the creatures are here and they're all trying to kill us. We're just used to it. <laughs> <laughs> they're all here. Um, so the availability of bioworma is relatively new in the United States. Is that correct? Yes, yes, but we have we have stock. Um, we, there's a company called Premier One in Iowa, Washington, Washington, Iowa. Um, they have um, products. If you just go onto their website, you can see uh, liver mole with bioworma. Well, thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate you coming on and explaining to me exactly how fungus in our horse's horse feed is going to help out the worm problem. Thank you very much, Jennifer, and thanks very much for you, to your listeners for taking the time. 
Do you have an older horse that's trying to age gracefully? Trust the future with your old friend to the number one equine vet recommended senior feed. Purina Equine Senior and Senior Active Horse Feeds are backed by unparalleled research to support the unique needs of horses as they age. Both patented feeds include the Active Age prebiotic technology to support optimal immune function, mobility, and appropriate metabolic response in aging horses. Plus, now without last supplement built in, they also support your horse's gastric health and comfort. Purina Animal Nutrition, they're years ahead in senior research, so you can have more good years with your horse. Put their research to the test at horseinnovation.com. Well, coming up next, we have our Black Reigns Guest of the Month, and she is Noelle King. Noelle King is founder and president of Judge My Ride and Style My Ride. Judge My Ride is a place where equestrians can upload videos or photos of themselves and their horses for feedback from top international Grand Prix riders or USEF judges. And Style My Ride is an equestrian fashion site where they have their own line of boots with interchangeable tops created by De Niro Boot Company in Italy. And if you've ever been to a trade show and seen De Niro boots, they're absolutely stunning. So uh, let's get no- Noelle on. Hi, Noelle. Thank you for joining us today. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. So tell us about Judge My Ride. Well, Judge My Ride is an idea I had had you know, kind of batting around in my head for a long time. So I called somebody who I knew was a great Grand Prix rider and a brilliant coach and thought, you know, and checked with some other uh, big riders, see what they thought of the idea because nobody had done anything like it to that point and everybody loved it. And so I just started, a, you know, first on a Facebook page. You know, when I started the page, I happened to be traveling across the country to go visit my best friend and her husband. And when I left, we were at about 100 followers. And so as I made my way to uh, Nevada, where they lived, by the time I landed, we were at 1,000 followers. And this was just the first day. Um, so <laughs> I knew then that um, we had we had something that touching a, a chord with the equestrian community. Um, and it's just exploded ever since. And, you know, we got it got to the point where we had... You know, we would do trivia like on Thursdays because they, our followers were just so interactive and they just love being able to speak with our judges and riders, Grand Prix riders um, directly and getting that feedback and interaction directly. And so we would do things like trivia, which was so fun, you know, because it, and it also uh, that that helped garner a following as well because we were paying homage to the you know to the people who built our sport and educating the young people who may not have you know heard of of you know these people who who paved the way for them and and gave them reverence for the you know the the riders who made and horses that made our sport great so so um, noel what do what do people do like if i wanted to submit a video is there a cost how does it work well dutch my ride is free we used to have a website. We've turned it off right now while we, you know, reconfigure things. But you can still get evaluations by submitting them directly to our Facebook page. You can do a video or a photograph. And we also take submissions on Instagram. They can just DM us on Instagram and one of our team members will take the photo and um, or the video and tell the judge a little bit about, you know, the horse and rider who are submitting it and post it and ask for uh, one of our judges to come and give comment. 
And, um, and then once we do, once that, once the, the judge is able to go and give evaluation, we share those finished evaluations on all of our social media, you know, send those evaluations out with a little highlight of what the, what the judge had to say about the horse and rider. And, um, it's been very gratifying, um, to, uh, you know, not only help, you know, riders who are, you know, effectively, you know, and successfully showing, but we also, you know, we've, we've helped the grassroots all the way up to, we've had like Olympic riders, like, like Ashley Bond send us videos because she's such a, a great girl anyway, but it's, it's just that kind of a community where, you know, no one's going to be, um, Mean? Too early on. <laughs> yeah, no, or mean, yeah. Like the rest of Facebook, you mean? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll t- yes, I'm looking at some of them actually on your page, and I went to Judge My Ride on Facebook is where you go. Just search for that, and you'll find it. But I, I'm looking at some of them, and one of the things that impressed me about the judges' comments is how in-depth they are. I mean, it, it's paragraphs. Yeah. It's not just two sentences, hey, I like your pony, and you should put your heels down. Um, it's... You know, it's really in depth about uh, every one of these comments is very in depth. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, um, my uh, business partner uh, now is a, a man named Kevin McGinn out in California. And, you know, he he studied with the greats and always wants to um, not only educate the riders, uh, you know, about what's going on in that particular photo or video that they're submitting, but he does like to relate it to, you know, famous riders and, and greats in the sport like Stein Krauss and, um, and other riders that have influenced him uh, as he came up. And, um, and so he does, he, he, he puts everything into every evaluation. And, and then we have another excellent rider named uh, Sarah Ward Rupp, who has been uh, helping judge also. Um, and we've had uh, some amazing guest judges over the years, and it's just been, um, you know, fun, fun progression. And we do other disciplines too. We've had dressage uh, guest judges, Grand Prix dressage riders, and eventers, Olympic eventers, and um, we eventually want to get into some more Western as well. It's very cool. Yeah, I I, I love this, and it, the, I don't know how you're doing it for free, but but it's the only thing in it's the only thing in the whole horse world that's free, except for our show. We're free too, but uh, it's, <laughs> I think this is a great, and I love the comments. I've been reading down through them, and they're very positive and upbeat. Um, you know, Kevin especially, he's he does a great job with this. So well, thank you so much. There's another one that you do that I'm interested in. Uh, you know, I started out in the tack world. I was uh, had a store and consulted with many of the tack companies in my first careers here in the horse world. Uh, so sto- you did, yeah. yes, yeah. So I know De Niro boots. Um, style yes, my ride. Uh-huh. What is style my ride? Well, style my ride. I thought of. I actually I used to be in, in the tack world myself. I was I was a rep in the industry. Um, and, uh, after I started judge my ride and as I mentioned, we would do things like trivia and our followers were so interactive, I, you know, we, I wanted to come up with more ideas to keep them entertained. Um, and I've always loved, uh, you know, fashion and of course equestrian fashion and loved how equestrian fashion influenced influenced the real fashion world and big designers. Um, and, uh, I just thought it would be, um, a neat idea to kind of combine the two worlds and, um, uh, 
you know, do, you know, photo shoots, which would sort of feature the, you know, the different brands and what they have coming out each season. And then we often mix it with, um, we'll either mix, mix it with vintage designers. We'll do, you know, we can do all the way from, you know, au courant, you know, high fashion or, or just, you know, keep it in the, in, you know, sort of the, the, uh, mainstream. What I like, to, what we like to do is, is put together looks sometimes that end up in influencing the equestrian fashion world where they'll base some of their new lines on ideas that we've pulled in from, from, you know, the kind of the current fashion world uh, itself. So, um, and we use real equestrian models and, um, and it's been very, very well received. And then our De Niro boots, um, I had this idea about a, um, a riding boot where you could change the top of the boot so that you could accent it with different colors, but always go back to a black boot. So your trainer would be happy <laughs> or, or, you know, one, one color boot, um, but still be able to have fun for the riders who, who um, you know, do things like jumpers and upper level dressage and, um, or, or just want to have a fun top to, um, uh, you know, to, to accent their boots. And, um, and so when I was choosing the brand, um, to develop, uh, this idea, um, and the brand that I want of boots that we wanted to sell, um, I consulted my father who used to be a, uh, he was the vice president of a big thread company, uh, in the industry. Um, and he used to sell to, um, big designers in Europe, you know, um, like the, um, like Louis Vuitton and Hermes. And, um, so he knew, he knows how great things are made and luxury brands. And so when he, when I was looking at the different brands, he's like these people, they make things like the luxury brands do every stitch is perfect. Everything about this brand. And I'm just like, I, I, I agree, dad. I think this is the brand that I want. So, um, I reached out to De Niro and it's been a very, very happy partnership ever since. Well, it is very cool. And they can see, where can they see that? Uh, is, do you have a website for the boots? Uh, we do, yes. It's stylemyride.net. And that's another, we're, we're, we we just happened to schedule this at a time I'm redoing all my website. Okay. Um, but yes, we're, um, I've, but Style My Ride is up right now. Um, and we're, we're, uh, we're um, re- revamping the, the pages and the sales pages and everything. But if anybody wants to, um, you know, order online, um, they can either, you know, email us at stylemyride12 at gmail.com or, uh, and we can schedule Zoom sessions. Um, and of course, I'm here in Georgia. So I also, I often go to farms and, you know, um, and this weekend I'm going to the big regionals in, in Conyers, uh, where I'll have a booth with, with De Niro booth. Can, can you uh, stop over to Oklahoma and visit my uh, co host who needs a style makeover? Uh, can you do that? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It is true. I was going to argue. <laughs> you were going to argue there for a minute, but then she. Yeah. Anytime anybody uses the word high fashion and they're not making a joke, I could use their help. <laughs> Noelle, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll put links to all of it in our show notes as well. And we want to thank uh, every all the gang over at Black Rains uh, Magazine for helping with this segment every month. Thanks for stopping by, Noelle. Thank you so much for having me. Great right. to meet you both. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.
I thought you for a moment you would argue, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I thought about it, and then I thought, uh, yeah, name? she was using terms that neither one of us knew. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe we don't know a little bit about fashion, but there is there is a lot of links and a lot of beautiful stuff, and De Niro boots are absolutely gorgeous. I mean, <laughs> if, if you can afford to get De Niro boots, uh, you are you are doing well, and you will look very well, very good. And what she's talking about is a little piece on the outside of the boot. They actually make removable so uh, on the top outside yeah that's yeah. Really cool. and th- I, I i didn't know that she was one of the ones that helped start that i've seen that at shows and it's it's really neat well we've been using wintech saddles at our farms for over 20 years wintech has always made riding easy and comfortable combining world-leading innovations and high-tech materials the saddles are lightweight and weatherproof to clean them Throw them on a fence and hose them off. Some new things that you're seeing in the latest batch of Wintex, a saddle flap that contours around your horse, giving your thigh improved contact, softer panels that mold in and around your horse's working muscles, new modern look with the choice of a pop of color. And if you have a high-withered horse, they now have a saddle for you. High-wither all-purpose. They also have the new Wintech 2000 wide all-purpose and the new Wintech Pro wide dressage. You can see the full range, or you you can see the full range at their website, or you can find your, your local retailer there. If you want to sit in one, visit wintech-saddles.com. That's wintech-saddles.com. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News. That's right. I have weird news as usual. It was sent in by some wonderful uh, listeners that, you know, it, they're perusing their newsfeed and, and maybe see a story that they're like, wow, that's weird. And then they send it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line so I can keep it separate um, from all the complaints. So I either get weird news or complaints. So I appreciate you guys sending it in. Jenny, Laureen, Rochelle, Lindsay, Rachel, and Allie also sent in some new. Wait, Allie had it last time, so not this week. <laughs> I redact my saying your name, Allie. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, anyway, these people sent the weird news. And uh, let me tell you, you guys brought it pretty strong this week. I don't tell you who sent what because it's nobody's business where they're getting their news. However, I will send, ooh, there's an advertisement on this one for a Tim McGraw concert. Okay, I'm going to put that in my pocket. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm distracted by a Tim McGraw with tight pants and a shirt on. All right, so this one is, um, this is fantastic because this happened in Ankara, Turkey. And uh, this is a Turkish man who joined a search party for a missing person. And his name is Behan Mutlu, and he's 51. And he went drinking with his friend in the town of Inogol, northwest Turkey, late Tuesday. And uh, his wife uh, reported him missing, and he did not return home. And it turns out he had walked away from his friend drunk. And so rescue teams were called in to find him. And um, he was in the search party. (laughs) He was like, oh, you guys are looking for somebody? Let me help you. And so he joins the search party and searches all night long because he came across the members in the morning of the search party. He ended up sleeping in a house in the forest, woke up, saw everybody looking for him. And then he was like, I'll help you guys find somebody. And he walks around for hours (laughs) 
And after a while, said they finally said they, they were looking for somebody named Bayhan Mutlu. And he said, I broke into a cold sweat when I heard my name. <laughs> I told him, <laughs> he said, I told them I was Bayhan Mutlu, but they continued to search. They didn't believe me. They did not believe me. He said he was part of the search team for, for all, all morning long. <laughs> and he was like, y'all, that, that's me. And they were like, whatever, we're moving on. Yeah, so this guy joined his own search party to help find I didn't himself. believe the drunk guy because <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> it's, it's funny. Who would do that? All right, we're going to head over to North Dakota, one of our favorite towns in North Dakota, Fargo. And um, there was a man named Bill Fisher. And he came home from a four-day work trip earlier this month. And he went to go use his work truck. And uh, it turns out in his work truck is completely filled with black walnuts. Walnuts that are about the size of a lime. These are ginormous walnuts. They're really good, and too. He said they were t- black walnuts, by the way, I believe are toxic for horses. So don't give it to me. Um, the walnuts were tucked into every nook and cranny of his Chevy, including the engine compartment, <laughs> the fenders. He had to remove seven giant of those like six gallon buckets. He had to remove can seven. I, can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Go ahead. I, guess? I mean, obviously. I'm going to guess either ex-wife or squirrels. <laughs> it would have been better if it was a person, but it was a squirrel. <laughs> and um, he, he's, he posted on Facebook that walnuts were tucked into every nook and cranny of his Chevy. He said, I had to pull the fenders off and clean all the walnuts out. And I thought I had them all and took off down the road, turned the corner, and one rolled across the windshield where the wipers go. They were everywhere. And he says, you know what? To be honest, this ain't the first time. He said the red squirrels have been using his truck to store walnuts every time. I guess they get every two years the nuts come out since 2013. He said, I've got other vehicles that sit very close to that tree. And it's always my truck. I even parked it (laughs) out on the street as far away as I can from the walnut tree. And they still go find it and hide it in there. He said over the years, he has learned to deal with the squirrely behavior. He knows when the walnuts fall off the tree and it's time to check the engine. He also (laughs) basically... Doesn't matter what car it is. He said this year, though, the squirrel set a record. The most I've ever pulled out was four or five, six gallon buckets. This time it was seven. Um, God. <laughs> I, I mean, that's an insane amount of walnuts. Or I need to move or do something about the squirrels. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, my thing was like, did he hide them somewhere else for the squirrels to like find them or did he eat <laughs> them or what happened? He said, he said the squirrels cash won't be completely gone because he said, I have some rolling all around the frame and rails that I can't get at. <laughs> so uh, you know, I'd be cutting down there. every damn tree in the property. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, there's the photos of this are insane. They are everywhere. Do you, when you open up the, the hood of your car, there's like the front of the engine and then there's the grill. They've stuck so many wallets in between the front and the inside the grill. He had to take that whole, he has to take the whole front piece off. Like, I mean, it's to take the whole thing apart to get nuts out. You know, you were right. When ingested, black walnuts can cause laminitis and colic. How It's not the walnut, though. It's a particular mold found within the husk of the nut. Mm, doesn't it, matter. I, I'm terrified of it black walnuts. It causes liver cancer. Yeah. 
You're right. Yeah. 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 I know some things, Glenn. I've been doing this day job for amazing. It's amazing. All right. Last one. And we got to end strong. And this time we're going to go to Northern California. And I really, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this because it's so crazy. And I'm looking at her mugshot and drugs are bad, people. You learn nothing else from the show. Drugs are bad. Okay. A woman is accused of arson for a, one of the wildfires in North Carolina. Why did she start a fire? She's from Palo Alto. She admitted that she was starting. She started a fire because she needed to, to boil a liquid to purify it. And um, it said she was, she said she was at first unable to start a fire, continued on her hike, but then contact, she contacted authorities when she saw smoke. This is the fawn fire that she has started. She faces nine years in federal prison for if convicted of starting the fawn fire and because California's in the state of emergency and she pled not guilty and she's like, I didn't do it, but she was hiking in the woods, Glenn. And why did she need to boil some liquid? Don't know. Because she needed to make sure that it was, you know, free of bacteria, I guess. <laughs> and she found a puddle of bear urine and she decided to start a fire because she needed to boil the bear urine. That's right. She says that she was trying to relieve her thirst when she found a puddle that contained the animal's bodily liquid and to purify it. She tried boiling what she collected. What is wrong with you? <laughs> First of all, how would you know it's bear urine unless you saw the bear actually take a pee? Well, I, that's my first question. There's so many questions <laughs> that go along with this. First of all, why do you know that it was bear urine? Were you close enough to see a bear take a pee and you're like scurrying over with what container are you trying to bury it to, to, to collect it in? Did you tell them, could you pee pee in this, please? Thank you, this little bowl. Uh, how do you collect urine on the ground? Doesn't it just soak right in? Like there's so many questions. This fire has burned uh, 8,595 acres. It did arrest her, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She has been arrested and she faces nine years in federal prison. Are they charging prison. her with stupidity or? <laughs> um, she said that they found her emerging from the woods with a lighter in her pocket. She seemed dehydrated and needed medical attention. She said she was hiking to Canada. <laughs> Drugs are bad people. <laughs> Man. You are one pathetic loser. Okay, I'm going with that for this one because I don't know what yeah. else to say. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I there have you nothing go. else with that one. That hey. is your weird news for the week, people. A guy joined his own prison, uh, own, uh, <laughs> what's, the, what's the word? Search he, party. He, he, yeah. Search party. He yeah. joined his own search party. Another guy had squirrels and then this guy, this girl was trying to yeah that's a a good batch uh hey tomorrow wendy's here with the driving show brand new driving show for you and then we're going to do some really bad ads on friday so get your ads into jenniferhorseradionetwork.com also stable scoop roundtable is back uh we have the roundtable back this time working with the american horse publications we have some journalists on and one of the hosts here on the horse radio network is joining us mandy who we spent the weekend with it's a lot of fun she'll be here tomorrow night this is thursday night at 7 30 it'll be on all the facebook pages including the auditor page as a facebook live and then we'll 
we'll be putting out an audio on the Stable Scoop feed. So look for that tomorrow night. We haven't done a live one in a while, so you'll find that. And uh, auditors, hang on, because uh, we're just going to be talking about a little uh, first world problems coming up. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for putting up with us. See y'all. Ray Nutter Gallant, everybody. Okay, I won't play the sounder today. <laughs> For uh, I won't play it today. I won't play the plop. So, oh, look at you. You're so giving. <laughs> I think you probably didn't want to hear that today. Well, that was an interesting show with uh, a lot of ups and downs. Very funny in spots and, and a little ranty It was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> a little ranty in spots for both of us. So uh, there we go. Um, so we're going to do some first world problems. So I will play that bummer. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. And uh, can I bring something up before we get to first world? This is my first world problem right here. Casey Berger, who called me out for not doing her birthday... Well, one of her other auditors, Laura Berry, says, Casey Berger, he didn't miss your birthday. It's on Wednesday's show at 6.05. Happy birthday. And then she writes back and says, my bad, I must have missed it. What is wrong with you? You called me out for missing your birthday. Now I'm doubting I ever missed your birthday in the past. I think I've always done it. she's got a double birthday, Winnie. (sighs) I got to take it back. I take back the second birthday. Now, oh, no, better yet. I'm covered for next year. Now I don't have to do it next year. Ooh, pretty good. I love how I our listeners caught her on it. <laughs> it wasn't me that actually, I could have looked at last Wednesday's show notes and seen that we actually did it, but I didn't do that. It was one of our listeners that caught it. So that's great. I love that. All right. Let I me mean, get to- <laughs> like Eeyore, I didn't hear my birthday. <laughs> All right, so we've—I don't know that we've ever done one of these uh, first world problems in the post show before. Cause... Well, we haven't, and let me tell you something, friend. Mm. You are getting involved in this. You are going to have to read some of them as well. So, what I usually do, Glenn, okay, is all, right, all these right. posts that come in. What? Eight, there's uh, thirty-five of them. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I usually screenshot on my phone and use that because I can toggle through that quicker than I can my uh, the my main computer. However, um. I don't have time for that. So we're just going to, we're going to go through it. And as I'm reading, uh, like I'll start with the first two. Okay. I'll do those two. And then you go down until the, um, Alex's and you read Alex and Lori. Now Lori's is a real problem. Yeah. Yeah. Margaret. Margaret's is a real problem. And so you read Alex and Jessica. I got it. Okay. Got it. All right. So I'll start with Michelle. And Amy, all right, Michelle says, when I pick up a clean saddle pad from my neatly color-coded shelf of saddle pads, I can't tell which which ones are dressage and which ones are all-purpose without comparing a few. (laughs) You're going to have to get another shelf and color-code your all-purpose pads and your dressage pads because you do not want to make the mistake of trying to fit your billets on your dressage saddle into the little girth little keepers 
with an all-purpose pad. It will make your saddle lumpy. It looks ridiculous. And then you feel stupid. Hey, Michelle, I got it. a better idea than that. That's that's a crappy idea. I got a better idea. I got a black magic marker. I will come out there and mark them for you. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, just have two pads. One of each. <laughs> I'll come out yeah. and mark them all with big D's and A's. And you'll know exactly which one is which. That would be insane, Glenn. Just put your marker down. Okay. And then Amy says that I have always, and Amy, I have too. I have always dreamed of owning a liver chestnut. And now I have a liver chestnut. And I have no idea what colors even go with a liver chestnut. My other horse is black and everything goes with her. And so now I need to buy stuff. By the way, is that what? the only what? horse's color that's named after an organ in the body? That's a great question. <laughs> and like it's an organ in the red? body that grosses most people out because some people eat it. Doo-doo brown. Doo-doo brown. <laughs> How about red. heart red? Um, yeah. Well, there's a blood bay. <laughs> How about urine yellow or urine, uh, urine uh, palomino? <laughs> PP palomino. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, actually. <laughs> but there's good. a blood bay, so there's that. Oh, All there right. is a blood you, bay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, Alex sent this one in. See, I, I, we're solving the problems in the post show much better than we get. In the, uh, I have an awesome opportunity to attend the uh, retired racehorse project makeover, but I'm going to miss my horse so much. Yeah, you really yeah. didn't feel it until the end, and no, then you got to no. I don't feel it at all, actually. So because <laughs> you're like whatever, <laughs> whatever. Uh, Jessica said uh, it started raining the exact second I put the bridle on my horse. There were no rain clouds in sight. She lives in Florida, and this happens. They must have literally rolled in while I was tacking my horse in the barn. I had to wait out in the rain by the time it passed, and only got the ride for 15 minutes because the sun was gone. I need a lighted indoor. <laughs> Oh. That literally happens here in Florida. You will be, it'll be sunny and it'll be pouring on you. I did. Uh, I actually put a video. I just bridled a horse and it started like crazy rain and hail. And yeah, I need a uh, covered. Yeah, I need an indoor. Don't we all? Okay. For those of you that have indoors, you know what? You know what? I've got a challenge. I want to see everybody's indoor. If you ride in an indoor or a covered arena or you have a roof over an area that you ride, please send it to me because <laughs> I have been working on some stuff, Glenn. I've been working some ideas to try to get it done. And I have, I have magic. It's going to happen. It just has to be up to code apparently for what I've created in my brain. And so I'm having co a potential code violation issues <laughs> with what's happening in my head right now. So, uh, I want to see y'all's. I want to do Andrea's. Can I do Andrea's next? I'm getting married this weekend and was going. On, we are going on our honeymoon after to Disney and the Keys. Congratulations, by the way. But I'm not allowed to even bring one of my dogs because my fiancé wants all the attention on him. No puppies or pony for two and a half weeks. Why do we all marry you, losers? I don't get why we marry you. I don't get why you get married. Maybe I should turn that around. Why do you all get married? I'm when you'd sorry. rather go on the honeymoon husband, with your dog. See, I'm taking the other side, which is your husband is going to get jealous of a dog. Are you serious right now? Because you're going to marry that guy? Okay, if he's going to be jealous I of a dog I got to tell you, now, I ain't going on no honeymoon with worse. a dog either. I'm, I'm with it's the husband on that It's just going to get worse, Andrea. You need to straighten the shit out right now. Well, let's be Lay honest. Andrea probably has 12 dogs, dogs, and she wants to take all of them, because that's the way our... The 
fucking dog. Did you see the pic? The listen. Did you see the emoji post I did, where people were supposed to post emojis for how many animals they had? Yes, and it made me feel much more normal. Oh my god! Some of them were a hundred, and they actually took the time to type out a hundred emojis. It was craziness. Andrea, leave the damn dog at home and give all the attention to your husband. The dog. He he deserves it. He puts up with your shit on a regular basis. And that ain't easy. He's going to be like, oh my God, you can't have another horse because you already have four horses. And who needs that kind of negativity? I need more attention. Okay, I'm going to Andrea's page to see if she is posting anything about whether she's a bridezilla or not. We don't know that either. She is not a bridezilla. He is a groomzilla. Okay, that's the thing. I need all the attention on me. Okay. okay it's just going to go. Hey, wait a minute. I love things. Andrea. I take it all back. Bye. She just, she posted a picture last year of her wearing her HRN mask. We love you, Andrea. Take the damn dog. Screw See? him. Screw him. <laughs> you don't need to marry that kind of negativity. He's going to be the one who's like, when you have a farm, you'll be like, you know what, Chad, I need a guardian livestock donkey. And he's going to be like, no, you don't. And you don't need the kind of, trust me, I'm living with this right now. I can't get my own little mini donkey. It's just a mini donkey. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, Liz said, I might be buying this OTTP, and if he passes the vet check, I'll have so many tax shop visits because I've not owned a horse in 35 years. Not a problem. That's not a problem. That's a good thing. Okay? Go to the store. Buy all the shit. Do it. (laughs) All right. Move on. Uh, The weather is supposed to be super nice this weekend, Cody says, for a ride, but I can't decide between fall-themed saddle pad and my Halloween-themed saddle pad. It's too soon for different. Halloween. We have a couple of weeks for Halloween yet. Go with fall. Go with fall. I Why do you have right. two, two? Okay, never mind. I don't question this because I get it. You know, saddle pads speak to your nature and dress for mood. So however you're feeling that day. <laughs> um, I like Kimberly's too. Kimberly says, this is a big time problem with the auditor room and especially a question first world problems. I'll think I'll look at Facebook for a few minutes before work and then I get sucked in with everybody's comments, questions, and adorable pictures. Now I have to hurry hair in a ponytail and no makeup off to work. <laughs> the fact You're that uh, there's horse girls that wear makeup always is shocking to me. When I saw you in makeup, I think you were wearing a little bit that night uh, of the party uh, in Dallas. I was like, every yeah, time I see any girl in makeup uh, that's a horse girl, it shocks me. Yeah, well, we some of us are human sometimes. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Carrie says, my friend let me ride her baby horse who's just starting work under saddle, and now I feel like I need an adorable baby horse. <laughs> you do. I have two. Yeah. Come help me. She, you can uh, spend a week in Oklahoma. At, with, let me uh, remind you, I did not mean to have two two-year-olds at the same time. <clears throat> Miles was supposed to be three at this point, and uh, yeah. By the way, can I just tell you a little bit about my baby horses over the weekend? I didn't tell it to you about it, okay? So I decided I've got a little extra time here because I'm going on vacation, so I don't have any horses in for training except for uh, the only have one. And so I was like, I'm going to start the babies. And nobody was here. And it was early. Farm Boy hasn't arrived yet. Abby hasn't arrived. Chad's not here. And I'm like, you know what? I got an hour to kill before, but it gets here. I'll start Stanley because he's going to be super easy. Like, I mean, I raised him from a foal and he's had Sir Singles on. He's been, you know, uh, they spun around with Sir Singles. He hasn't been long lined. He hasn't had a bridle on. He has, has wolf teeth. So I haven't, you know, he only used to dually halter. And so I'm like, I'm going to put the first saddle on him. It's time for first saddle. And then I'll put the bear on him and then maybe I'll get on. Uh, so I'm by myself. What could possibly go wrong, Glenn? 
What could possibly go wrong? Let me tell you what went wrong. That motherfucker bucked like a goddamn rodeo horse. <laughs> like I was, I, uh, what are you doing? I put the saddle on. I had a line on. I sent him out and I mean, holy balls. That sucker went to the moon. I, he was, <laughs> and, and I had long lines on him too. So I had the, the lines attached. He peppy lapewed in the middle of the arena at <laughs> rampant in a circle. And so at the end of his fit, that he was having, he had lines, right? He was like hogtied in the middle of the round pin and he stops and he like, finally he's like, fuck, can you help me? <laughs> I got myself in a bit of a pickle over here. So I had to go unwrap these lines from around his legs and he, and of course, of course, it's like it didn't happen because I couldn't get it on video because I actually almost had to run and scale the arena, the round pin fence to get out. He was going so loony and again this is not the first time for this horse to have a, a girth around his belly he's worn the sir single like eight times i mean ridiculous <laughs> so and, and and i've thought i'll do the easy one i'll do the easy one while nobody's here it'll be fine <laughs> yeah and then you go to long line him and he's like going to the left and you just be like fuck you i'm going right and like duck and run the other way and so like my shoulders are sore <laughs> like pulled <laughs> muscles and then so the next day, everybody comes out because everybody's like, we want to see this. She said it was a crazy lunatic. I mean, this is going to be good. Everybody always wants to see the show, right? So everybody comes out and I've got 10 people lined up around the round pin. That son of a bitch lied to me. He made me look like a liar. He was foot perfect. He was like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, mom. I'm never going to do anything like that. He just was in like a mood the day before. He was in a mood. I mean, it was like, and, and that's the cool thing about this training is they realize they don't have to do anything, you know, exert that much energy. You know, nobody's making you. And he was perfect. And I was like, I'm sorry for this. Sorry you didn't see the show. Sorry you missed out. He was perfect. <laughs> That was my little, and my little angel. And then of course, Miles, the horse that I, the Andalusian that I did not raise. I got the, I still haven't had the bear on Stan Lee, but Miles day one saddle. No problem. Bear. No problem. I think I could ride him. No problem. But he's still too. So, so the Andalusian's yeah. doing good, huh? Oh my God. He's perfect. <laughs> he's perfect. And he's the one that we were all like, Oh, he's going to be hard. He's going to be crazy. Nope. He was fine. No problem. Hey, I, I, was, I was there for that one. Before we wrap up today's show, by the way, thank you for the uh, question. For it's more fun to do them here in the in the adult version of the show. Um, I, uh, everybody's probably wondering how's Farm Boy and Abby. Is that done yet? Listen, let me tell you people something. Y'all quit posting shit on Facebook about this. This is our <laughs> secret. God damn it! And here you guys are. Hey, how's Abby? You know what? No, not yet. But I'm. I'm still trying. I'm gonna. Have, I'm gonna have Farm Boy over for dinner one night. Are they at least talking? Do they? Do they have conversations? Well, I made them exchange phone numbers because I'm going out of town oh, and oh. they're tag team. Oh, that's farms. there. You go. That's smart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Ding Dong was here yesterday. The other one. <laughs> and no posting Listen, about any of this. <laughs> no posting this. And by the way, I am 43 years old. I will be 40. In like a week, I know better than you do, young teenager. 
<laughs> let me tell you how to run your life. Because I clearly listened to people when I was young. <laughs> Doesn't it seem? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you were a great listener. Uh-huh. Let me get your dad back on. Uh, uh, he doesn't count. <laughs> I'm <guess> an idiot. <laughs> well, I can't talk to your dad or your mom. I don't know who I'm going to get the truth from. How about your brother? How about your older brother? That'll be good. That'll be. Good. I'm sorry. He is unavailable. He has <laughs> he has no vocal cords. He can't talk. <laughs> Uh, and the other one is deaf. So <laughs> your dad said nothing but nice things about you that day too. I was trying too. He was on here a couple of weeks ago for those that missed it in the post show. I didn't hear it. And I was trying to get the dirt out of him. And he just, he just protects you. I don't know why you were such an asshole probably as a kid. I was terrible. You're probably the you worst damn teenager. The great thing about your parents being in their seventies is they forget. Well, you, tr- well, everybody tends to only remember the good stuff. So, well, I, I gave him a great, I'm the only one that has given him a grandkid. He better get his shit together and not say anything <laughs> bad. Because I am the only childbearing child of his. So, you know. So he has to be nice now. He doesn't want to be cut off to the grandkid. He doesn't care about Plus, you. Also, my, my dad has this, you know, he's in his 70s and he has revisionist history. He does not remember anything bad he doesn't want to remember. He's It's a really smart way to go about life. It's like, you don't want to remember it. It didn't happen. Well, okay. you know, when you get that old, you can do whatever the hell you want, including exactly. remember what you want. So <laughs> You want to drink at 2 p.m.? Hey, I'm almost right. there. So there we go. <laughs> I'm pretty much almost there. You are not 76. I'm old. close. I'm close no. to 80. I'm, uh, 112. I don't know how you're getting around. <laughs> bye, everybody. All right, bye. Congratulations. You made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.